we are live with episode six of do the move my name is chad we've got sean rich jonathan george bob and joey here tonight uh going over uh kind of pretty normal show for us this week going over uh we've got dynamite rampage battle of the belt smackdown we're gonna be looking into the impact shows uh happening this weekend that we are going to it'll be my first impact show so i'm pumped about that Ooh. um and then we've got chef's kiss and bone to pick so uh gentlemen who wants to start with uh some aew reviews who was our first match uh let's see I've, i actually took notes this week because i watched dynamite <laughs> today uh, first match on Dynamite was Jay Lethal versus Orange Cassidy. Let's let's have uh, Joey uh, start this one off. Let's hear what he's got to say about this. I this was the best Orange Cassidy match since he wrestled Pocket Revolution 2020. Here's why. I don't think, and you all are welcome to correct me if I'm wrong here. I don't think I've heard OC audibly talk as much during a match ever. He was saying like. Ask him right away when he got a headlock. He was talking to the ref that he might have been hurt later in the match. Little things like that. Psychology, top notch here. Selling that leg consistently. Lethal kept going for it. This, to me, I don't know if we really talked too much about the Wardlow match he had for the TNT title out of the blue a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago now. But this, to me, did a much better job of getting three guys over instead of trying to get OC and Wardlow over during that match, and in my opinion, it not doing a very good job. I thought this built up to the Battle of the Belts match very nicely. OC's best match in terms of psychology selling and a little bit character development from him for once during a match. People, welcome to jump in on the OC match. Chad, you wanted to hear my comments. Did my comments shock you, Chad? Uh, surprisingly. Uh, surprisingly, yes. They did shock me a little bit. Um... I guess you're kind of right in saying that's his best match. Uh, I did pick up on the uh, the speaking during the match as well. He's usually silent, doesn't say a damn thing, but he's like, oh, my knee, my knee. And then uh, I forget what else he said. Uh, he talked at least three times on my part that, that the camera at least picked up on, and they even mentioned it on commentary that OC is usually stoic, and this time he actually was talking to the ref or making little jokes verbally this time. Right. Rich, did yeah. my comment shock you? everything (laughs) (laughs) what did you think uh, about the match bud no uh honestly no i i would agree that this was a top tier notch match between uh jay little and uh orange cassidy uh the way that he was selling his knee um especially like the the psychology in the match of how orange because we've never seen orange cassidy and i think this is going along your lines joey be serious this is the first time he was actually like serious like in the ring speaking with the ref saying like hey i might be hurt like it all made sense and i think that's why you're giving him props and i've always liked orange cassidy i'm on the record saying that i'm a fan of orange cassidy i love his gimmick um but ultimately i think this was one of the top tier notch matches for him um even though he ate the pin but it made sense for the battle of the belts uh other thoughts chad uh, I did want to say uh, it's nice the last couple weeks we've seen, uh, well, actually this week with Dynamite, 
and uh, Battle of the Belts. Obviously, this match kind of leads into some other things with uh, Jay Lethal, but uh, the use of the figure four, I feel like he's been doing that a lot more now, um, you know, right after that Ric Flair match. So that was pretty cool. Um, and obviously, the uh, post match uh, interaction with Wardlow, which leads into uh, Battle of the Belts as well. So I just wanted to bring that up. Other thoughts, gentlemen? All On right, OC see. or Dynamite as a whole? Wow. Oh, I was just going to move on to the next match. Yeah, um, that's, that's what let's I was get it. The next segment, <laughs> well, I well, should segment. say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, next ah. segment was uh, Cole and the Undisputed Elite coming out. Um, Cole basically talking about how he's a great leader, um, how the Undisputed Elite are the top guys, basically. Um, he also said he's not medically cleared yet. Um, so that was kind of surprising, probably just to work. Um, but then when it came to the trios or mentioning the trios titles, or who's going to be going up against them? Um, he called out the Bucks for not choosing Bobby Fish to be their uh, their third person. And then they started beating him down. So it uh, looks like George has got something to say about that. Why don't you go ahead, buddy? All right. Thank you. So uh, this was not unexpected as far as, you know, what was going to happen. I think everybody knew this was coming, um, especially once they said, you know, when they said like, oh, hey, the Undisputed Elite are all back together and they're going to do a whole promo. Yeah, that's when we all knew what was up. Um, it, But admittedly, though, this needed to happen and it, I'm glad it happened sooner than later. Um, obviously cold and red dragon getting away from the bucks is going to be a good thing for them. Um, it'll prop Cole up as, you know, you know, the, the super heel that he needs to be. Um, and then, you know, red dragon being his little cronies, um, as far as, you know, the bucks, obviously they're going to move on and do whatever the bucks want to do, which if they want to get in this trios thing, uh, they'll most likely get involved with, uh, hangman Adam page, uh, as it doesn't look like Kenny's going to be cleared just yet. And I don't see them really doing anything with Brandon Cutler. So, um, it's far, you know, so it, it's, it's, it was a good turn. It needed to happen. Um, I, you know, I just wish it wasn't so blatantly obvious that it was going to happen, but you know, at the end of the day, it made some little kid cry. So I guess it works. It's like, uh, Sean had something, uh, something to say about that. Why don't you go next, bud? I agree for the most part with George, everything George was saying. My, it's just, God, they're so bad at like, uh, the where they're going to set how they're setting up their shows cards he calls themselves top guys top guys end the show this segment should have happened at the very end to intensify like the betrayal and stuff like that they threw it in the second the second segment of the show it just oh, it just really got under my skin um I don't know if this is going to help UE with their momentum. Uh, I don't know where it's going. I, I just feel everything's just lacking direction altogether for the show. Um, I hope it ends up for the best, but uh, 
right now I'm kind of in a gray spot. You know, it's it's really interesting that you brought that up because I was kind of thinking today about how like each segment works on like Dynamite and Rampage. You know, the nice thing about Raw and SmackDown is you kind of have a general idea of what's happening at the beginning of the show. Now, granted, they kind of preview next week's show like a week ahead of time, but there's no like ordering or layering that's like consistent. Mm -hmm. No and, whatsoever. Yeah, and that's what's really confusing. Like, you're definitely right. I feel like that should have ended the show because it's like a, you know, nail in the coffin for Undisputed Elite, you know? Um, but, yeah, that's definitely something I they should definitely get better at. I mean, there's there's no question. I mean, everything's just kind of mushed together on, on every show they do um, other than pay-per-views because pay-per-views you have like the little vignettes or you'll have the, uh, video packages go on between matches. We don't really see that much between matches or segments on dynamite rampage. So hopefully they, they clean that up. Um, Rich, why don't you go ahead, bud? Yeah. Uh, so with, with this segment, I, I would agree with Sean, as far as the, the pacing and the way that these segments are set up, this was an awkward spot to have the undisputed elite come into and there is a lack of direction so i definitely will agree with you on that i'm just curious to see how this transpires especially uh with you know kenny might not be medically cleared and then hangman adam page coming out being buddies with the young bucks so like where does the allegiance happen i mean i guess it's good storytelling if you're watching bte like consistently but i know a lot of the, the casual fans aren't gonna watch bte or you know look at social media but all in all it's 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 interesting to see where this goes um the little kid crying was the icing on cake i'm sad that they had to cry over the young bucks but uh could have yeah. been someone else better but that that's my thoughts on it. uh go ahead george all right so i just wanted to touch on something you guys had mentioned here was the layering and the pacing of the show here uh something that AEW seems to like to do here is they like to start with a hot match get the crowd excited and then end on a you know a point which is end on a match ending with some kind of bit you know either set up for the next week or the setup or the just the conclusion of a match a big main event I don't think having this segment end the show would have been the best idea, to be honest. However, I do understand you guys' point here. It it should have been something that either maybe let off the show, um, which could have been fine because we don't, uh, you know, we, you know. It, I although I I'm generally against opening with a promo segment. This is something I could have you know given an excuse to. Um, this could have also just been a mid-show break, honestly, you know. Just to give everything time to relax before we set up for the second hour, you know, and then, you know, and then, you know, go from there. So, but yeah, I do agree the layering and the pacing does need a little bit of work here. And I'm, you know, I'm not going to lie here. This is a bit of a hot take already here, but the show has changed in pacing quality since Cody Rhodes left. And I think that's starting to become a glaring issue with it, with AEW. Um, they have not found a way to fill that void that he left, and they really need to figure that out before it becomes too late to fix. Yeah. Uh, change my mic again here. 
mic keeps muting. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, things have gotten weird after Cody left. I know Cody's been gone for what? How many months now? Um, definitely like December. Yeah, I, you're kind of right, and it's taken I think me a while to notice, but um, something something about everything's just kind of weird without him there. So um, I don't know. We'll see. I know they just sent out some new. Uh, moves behind the scenes for like talent relations and stuff like that um I, I don't have the i'll have to look that up here in a couple minutes to see but um maybe things will start to get better who knows i mean I think that's it was just... sanjay dutt was uh was promoted to do talent relations and a couple other people yeah i think shivani was one of them too right yeah. okay yeah so stuff like that maybe uh Maybe they'll hire writers or something. Or I know TK is pretty, pretty firm on him booking everything. But um, they should hire Okada. God damn it, Rich! <laughs> should be the weatherman. Or no, no, Rich. <laughs> weatherman or, or what's his job? Rainmaker. 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 <laughs> I'm sorry, Jonathan. Go ahead. Um. Anyways, I just wanted to say a couple of highlights for me. Uh, kind of watching dynamite i was doing my own thing too but a couple things i pointed uh that stood out to me was obviously the you know adam cole turn um ethan page's promo was really fire fire um but probably my favorite match because i didn't watch the whole dynamite uh was definitely the women's tag team match with uh tony storm thunder rosa and uh hater Britt baker they put on a phenomenal tag match hard hitting and i just wanted to say it was an awesome match if you haven't seen it go check it out right on man right on um i just had notes on everything because i i tried to be like bobby this week and and be prepared for at least one of the things we're going to talk about um after the uh undisputed elite uh saga i guess is what you could call that now um they did have a moxley promo um on his match uh that will be upcoming at the pay-per-view basically says he doesn't give a shit who wins doesn't matter who it is if it's a friend or a foe uh he's basically out for blood um and one thing i did write down as a uh remark on that was he said bcc will make heart dungeon look like a daycare um i thought that was pretty uh pretty nice line there uh in that promo so uh i guess i think it's this week we find out uh who his match is going to be um at all out might be wrong joey go ahead final thing that i'll say about this i think it was sean that mentioned uh i don't even want to call him a gentleman i'll say this southern psychopath on the group chat a old mancer mance warner someone that a good chunk of us have seen in person before on GCW shows or other independent shows around the Chicago land area. Uh, I really like this guy. I just hate that they keep having these guys that really haven't earned title shots face Moxley and Moxley of course has to bleed intentionally or not for it. But talking about Manser, I think he's somebody that even though the roster is bloated already as is, He's somebody that they can and should sign. Nobody is like him on AEW. And especially since the Briscoes, for some reason, can't be allowed past the entrance door to TNT or TBS studios. 
Mance is a guy that, that stands out because he's so different. Nobody is like him. He's not the flippy doodah that I think AEW gets a bad rep for. He's someone different. And whether he goes to ROH to team up with people that are like him and the Briscoes or is alone, I just really liked his promo. I've never heard somebody mention pay window or pay window, as he says, since Dusty Rhodes, seemingly. So Mance Warner, props to him. And I hope I see more of him. Uh, JT, I think your hand was next. Go ahead, bud. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Quick shout out to Mance Warner. Uh, he did a good job out there facing Mox. Um, I do kind of feel bad for, um, you know, fans that probably are not familiar with Mance Warner, you know, from, you know, MLW. I saw him first time at uh, freelance wrestling. Um, he, you give him a microphone. I feel like he can, he can win over the crowd and make uh, everyone just have sympathy for him or just be on his side. Right. But, you know, we didn't really have a chance for him to, I mean, there's a promo package, but I feel like a lot of fans watching might've been a little confused who this guy is. Right. Um, but that's just some thoughts on that, but it's cool to see Mance Warner on there. So uh, go ahead, George. All right. So, you know, so I, I'm going to admit something here. I'm not very familiar with Mance Warner. I've only seen him a handful of times. Um, most not mostly in AAW, which is our local wrestling promotion, support local wrestling. Um, and as far as, you know, the, the uh, vignette that they showed for AAW, it looks like they're trying to package him something like a cross between like Stone Cold Steve Austin and like Larry the Cable Guy, I guess. Um, but yeah, no, he he's definitely an interesting character and definitely a unique presence uh, should they decide to bring him into AEW. Um, and I think he's the kind of guy that fans will rally around, especially got, you know, an older generation who's a little bit more familiar with, like I said, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, I think he has the ability to connect with those types of fans. And that that's a very um, interesting play by AEW to bring him in. Um, but yeah, I, I'm curious to see what he would bring as far as, um, uh, you know, as far as like where he would land in the card. Um, and, you know, I, I just hope they don't limit him to being like a deathmatch wrestler. That's the one thing that kind of concerns me a little bit. Um, I don't, cause I don't need another Darby Allen, you know, bleeding everywhere thing, or, you know, another John Moxley, give me somebody with some character and that's what I want out of him. Um, so yeah, I'm curious to see what happens. I hope this wasn't just a one-off um, in, you know, and let's see what, let's see where it goes. You know, the fact that he won that battle Royal at Ric Flair's last match uh, that speaks volumes to, you know, uh, how he's perceived on the independent scene. Right on. <clears throat> boom, 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 boom. All right. We're going to backtrack just a little bit back to dynamite. Cause I had like three pages of notes here. Um, after that, and I'm already losing track of where the hell I was uh let's see so we had the uh well christian segment where uh jungle boy who's not supposed to be backstage nearly runs him over um that was pretty wild uh we did have the uh brit baker jamie hater versus uh thunderstorm match like john said that was uh rainmaker oh god pretty damn good match there uh in itself 
Um, there was one point in the match that I did uh, just kind of write down where uh, Tony forgot that she had been tagged in and she went to get out of the ring and then she's like, oh, wait, and just kind of like laughed it off. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, but miscommunication did cost uh, Thunderstorm the win there. Um, Tony was doing her uh, little moves on the turnbuckles there and uh, Britt had moved out of the way and got into uh, Thunder Rosa in which Jamie Hayter ended up pitting uh, Tony. With what move? With what move, Chad? Uh, you, I don't remember what it's called, so I'm sorry. I don't know her moves. I haven't really seen her, watched her. I mean, it, it's, it's a lariat, but we, yeah, we call it. Yeah, lariat. Something about water, Chad, falling down from the sky. Uh, enlighten me. It is a ripcord lariat. Thank you uh, very much. Um, well, th- thank you, George, for, for the, the, the PC Also known version. as what, Rich? Also known as what, Rich? Oh, God. You scream so loud. I should have, I should have known the rainmaker. Um, so that was pretty wild. Um, what trying to read my fucking notes here. Oh, Eddie, uh, had a quick little segment on, uh, interrupting Sammy and Ty's, uh, wedding bullshit. Congrats on your numptuals said, uh, receipts coming for Sammy. So hopefully we see him get his ass kicked soon. Um, Going into the Hobbs match, uh, Taz had confirmed that Team Taz is over. They are donezo. No more. Very disappointing because um, I did like the momentum that uh, Hobbs and uh, Ricky had, but obviously they're going to be going at it one-on-one here pretty shortly. After the match, Ricky came out and then, uh, attempted to attack Hobbs, but got uh, dropped fairly quickly and ended that segment. Um, after that, we got a Miro vignette yet again, uh, this time going over uh, what happened in his last match. Uh, looks like him and Malachi Black are going to have some sort of uh, uh, feud going on here. Um, then we had Darby's segment, which he had tattooed his hand for the Brody King match that's incoming. Uh, kind of a weird one, but Darby Allen-esque. Um, Next, we had Christian Cage versus Matt Hardy, in which JR was on commentary. Uh, Christian Cage obviously took the win in that match. And then we had Luchasaurus come out after the match to distract Christian Cage, in which Jungle Boy uh, attacked Christian from behind, in which Christian ran away. Uh, Still really confused on the whole Luchasaurus deal, because he's still coming out in the all-black, like, heel-esque gear. Um very confusing i was kind of hoping while jungle boy was talking shit in the ring wearing his christian as a pussy shirt which was actually really funny by the way that he was just going to hop in the ring and like attack him from behind because it kind of seemed like that the way they had the camera set up uh it was just literally jungle boy in the middle of the ring and luchasaurus was like slowly walking to the edge of the ring so i kind of thought they were going to do something there but um nothing ended up happening uh george you wanted to add something yeah, I just want to touch on Luchasaurus's thing a little really quick here. Um, he was long overdue for repackaging. I mean, let's face it. Um, you, you can only be, you know, cute, you know, dinosaur guy for a long, you know, so long before the, the act gets stale. Um, so I think this was a natural progression for making him, you know, keep keep the gimmick a little bit, but also repackage him as a, you know, more of a 
intimidating force. Um, so I'll give them credit for at least, you know, doing that. Um, and I hope that, uh, you know, they continue to do something with him. I hope it though, that it, you know, that he does have some sort of singles push, you know, eventually, uh, once this whole Christian thing is done. Like, uh, like we mentioned, he could be the cane of AEW. Granted, Joey wants him to be his own guy. Um, right. Brian wants that. Brian, you and right. I Brian, wanted right. him to be their yeah. version of Kane. Very, uh, yeah. He, he's got so much potential as a big man. Um, you're right. Seeing him in a singles uh, run would be really cool. Um, after that, we had Daniel Garcia uh, throw some shade at uh, Brian Danielson. Um, called himself the Dragon Slayer. <laughs> I think that was kind of a callback to uh, Drew McIntyre from Correct Joey with the. Uh... Uh, that that was more of the Beast Slayer. I, I Slayer. mean, Anna J. Collingers of the Queen Slayer for putting a sleeper hold on Brandy one time. So I yeah. guess it fits with AEW. What about the band Slayer? Okay. Uh, I was gonna, I was gonna say it's more. <laughs> I don't I think Daniel a... Garcia knows that. To be fair, Rich. I don't know. He's younger than me. I was going to say, I thought it was more of a Seth Rollins Kingslayer thing. That too. Yeah, I knew it was one of the WWE things. I, I just remember uh, watching those matches with Joey, uh, Brock, and Drew. So I, I, I thought for sure Joey would be on the same page with me on that. Um, then we had Ethan Page coming out to the ring, kind of bitching about how he's being overlooked. And then we had Stokely uh, Hathaway come out whisper in his ear and then they left so we'll see what happens with that uh george you wanted to add you know it's about time they did something with ethan page this dude's been sitting around doing jack shit he he was he was irrelevant with you know scorpio sky and american top team it's nice to see him you know finally getting to the point that even jr has said we have not seen the best of ethan page yet and hopefully we finally do this he's got the potential to be a top heel in this company and he definitely needs a chance to just get the ball and run with it uh sean i thought ethan knocked it out of the park i look forward to seeing what they do with them i just have uh just it, the way they produced the segment was kind of weird with uh stokely just I mean, the entire time he was talking, Stokely was standing right behind him, silent. I would have, I would have probably had Stokely walk down the ring, down to the ring uh, mid promo, and confront him while he noticed him, rather than him just act completely oblivious to a guy standing behind him for like two minutes in the ring. Um, I also wonder, like, whether this is going to lead to uh, is Stokely separate making two factions or is he making a whole stable with with the baddies and ethan and moriarty it's just weird but uh ethan phenomenal yeah i think he's really a guy that that doesn't need the help though i think he's one person who can definitely do it on his own and doesn't need a a faction i mean we've Absolutely. already enough enough factions as it is they really missed a, an opportunity to pin him against Scorpio Sky when he had the TNT belt because I think that would have been a good feud and kind of would have ended the whole American top team uh, dynamic there as well. So um, interesting to see what he does with Stokely and however they mash those groups together now. I mean, you know, we'll see what happens. But uh, moving on, we had the main event, uh, the dumpster match between the Ass Boys. Second main event. Second yeah because there's an actual event there's another main event oh that's right Uh, i okay 
my bad. See, I took notes and I can't even read. Um, yeah, we had the dumpster match. Um, what'd you guys think about that? I hated it. Kind of a random uh, one. Very quick too. I feel like there wasn't a whole Bob's lot. Bob's here, Bob. I know it's something to say about it, but if he's not here, then it's too bad for him. But I know Bob kind of liked it at least. Sean, if you had anything, go ahead. I feel like you're gonna unmute. I'm just kind of uh, burnt out on gimmick matches. Yeah, well, that and yeah, you're right. <laughs> There's really no no counter argument to that. There's a lot of gimmick matches that they do, and it's like every two weeks there's a gimmick match. You know, it's starting to feel like every week. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's always some like it, it's every it's show. every show. It feels yeah. like every show. Yeah, uh, George. Yeah, I mean, this wasn't anything special as far as, you know, gimmick matches and, you know, hot feuds go, but at least it was something to, you know, give a big, a bigger spotlight to the acclaimed and really solidify that face turn for them. So if nothing else, at least did that. All right. Um, then um, final... Real quick, my bad. Uh, Go ahead, Bob. Sorry. The dumpster match. Um, I actually enjoyed the match. I thought it was a fun little match. Um a little callback to when Billy and Rodog participated in the match back at Mania 14 against uh, Mankind and uh, Chainsaw Charlie, but uh, I thought it was fun. I get it. Too many gimmick matches, but um, like George said, at least if they put over the acclaim, and hey, at least the acclaim are now another step closer to, hey, hopefully um, tag team title shot in the future. Who knows? But yeah, carry on, guys. Good stuff there, Bobby. Um, yeah, main event, we had uh, Wheeler Yuta versus Jericho uh, with the stipulation that if Yuta wins, he gets Jericho's title shot against Mox. Uh, my thoughts about this is there's no chance Yuta was going to win that match. With, I mean, just with everything going on with Jericho and them, you know, spewing the whole uh, second match between them because they had the, the first match, right? Uh, second match. Um for the title because i think mox took the title off of jericho correct yeah so um it was an all right match i mean there's nothing nothing insane um mox or i'm sorry jericho uh hit a low blow uh on yuda while aubrey was turned around pretty awkward turnaround uh you know portion of the match there uh and then uh put yuda in a lion tamer for the the w so, uh, George, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, this whole thing with Jericho just, it, it, I really, really, really was pulling hard for Yuta in this match. I really wanted to see him finally get, you know, a, another big push into the real main event scene. But I understand he's still young and there's plenty of time for it. Um, and I really think that it would have been a more interesting, you know, dynamic to have moxley versus yuda who you know because yuda you know went toe-to-toe with moxley and really took it to him to get even get into the blackpool combat club um so i would love to see you know that match happen some down sometime down the line is just sort of a not so much a passing of the torch but more of a solidification of wheeler uh, and, you know, and to be fair, we've seen Jericho versus Moxley. We've seen, you know, what Jericho is capable of. And there's really not going to be a lot of shocking, you know, things that happen when he faces Moxley eventually. Um, 
the only, the only thing is I do understand that they probably played this match a little bit safer than they would have than they probably would like to, uh, just because uh, Jericho was dealing with a legit broken nose still. Um, so it, that's probably why it wasn't you know the spectacle that we probably were thinking it was going to be. I didn't even know that, so thanks for adding that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Final thoughts on on the main event. Yeah, no in hell that Yuta was winning. I mean, if he would have got the shot, it had been fourth time against Moxley, and he would have had to win. He would have been <laughs> in a way, like, you can't just lose three times, and then it's like, oh, fourth time is a champ, because that's what the announcer said. It's like, oh, he'll get his fourth chance. It's like, no, that, that's not going to happen. No chance in hell that's going to happen. Um, Jericho, I get it. I mean, I'm curious to see what happens next week. Like, does... Jericho take the belt, and then we get CM Punk to come back, or is Moxley retain? I I don't know, like because we'll we'll see. There were uh, there were reports that Punk is probably not going to be at all out. Um, doesn't look like he's healing up that well, so I probably wouldn't expect anything major to happen at all out with a title change. So uh, it's kind of a bummer because we're going to be there in Chicago, hometown crowd for Punk. You know, that's probably what they were pushing for but who knows we'll see maybe he'll magically get better tomorrow and you know we'll, we'll get something wild to happen uh sean i just it's just starting to feel more and more like every every moxley match is defending the title and like each challenger is just someone to help legitimize his run pat his stats yeah pretty much um Jericho is just going to be another, another statistic for him in the end. And overall, I don't like JAS. It's pretty cringe. Uh, earlier on in the night, uh, Anna J kind of did her thing, and I was just over it. And then you had, uh, what was it, Daddy Boy Magic Mike and Cool Hand Luke. <laughs> Um, Daddy Boy tight. Magic Mike is a great you name, Sean, tight. but it's uh, I, I want to say it's Daddy Magic. <laughs> I don't um, even know what their you, new names are. I don't. Do you want to type? Angelo Parker tight. and Matt Menard, by the way. Angelo Parker is like, the guy trying to be a greaser from the Outsiders. <laughs> That's what I remember. The whole faction yeah. just seems corny to me. Uh, that's the point that's, of it. That's, it's that's like point. a total knockoff. It's like sports entertainment, shit on WWE some more. Like that's <laughs> just that's just Jericho's like humor. I it's okay. It's just annoying, you know. Like it's Jericho's just like point. turning Funny into humor. Matt Hardy, uh, bringing out every <laughs> every uh, version of himself each week. Oh, I did want to add to that. Matt Hardy came out to. Uh, uh, the Hardy Boys theme. I don't know if he's been doing that lately because I don't remember the last he match has. I watched. He has? Okay. And, with, uh, with his brother, Jeff. Get well soon, bro. Yep. Hopefully we see Jeff very soon. Um, one other theme that I did want to bring up. Did they change Hobbs' theme a little bit? I think it, and I feel like they, and Wardlow's is different too. Yeah, there's a couple um, theme Warlow, changes. And then Orange Cassidy. Well, Orange Cassidy has been a couple weeks, but yeah, those been are like for a couple weeks yeah. now yeah so but those are the newer songs got it all right well i guess we can move on to rampage real quick i've just been watching it on the side here because i didn't have enough time to do that today uh matches we had swerve on our glory against tony niece and josh woods uh madison rain uh made her aew debut against layla gray 
then as we mentioned before, Mance Warner fighting interim champion John Moxley. Uh, they did kick off the show with the Mox match. Um, like you guys had mentioned, uh, Mance is kind of a, I don't know if I'd say modern day Stone Cold, but like definitely in his promo, like that's the vibes I got. Like he sounded exactly like him. Uh, he kind of looked like a mix of uh, Stone Cold and Eddie Kingston in the ring with his ring gear too, um, with the singlet and everything and the bandana. So um, from the little bit I saw, it looked like a pretty decent match. Uh, I could definitely see him team with uh, the Briscoes, like y'all had mentioned as well. Um, any thoughts on that match, guys? Any other thoughts, I should say, since we already kind of talked about it? Uh, I mean, it's not really much to write home about it's rampage you know um there was no chance moxley was losing that match uh and as far as like the rest of the night goes like there wasn't really much to write home about with this it was pretty by the books as far as i'm concerned yeah pretty uh pretty straightforward and predictability um sean go ahead Rampage just starting to feel more and more to me like it's like a wwe main event type show and i feel like that could be sooner rather than later problematic for them considering it's a whole like live television slot and i feel like they need to do focus more of an effort on uh doing what they can to help like legitimize that product altogether yeah um and we've had this conversation many times in the, the six episodes we've done now, you know, what, what could they do to make rampage more appealing to people? Um, you know, one hour is a, is a very short period of time to fit in, you know, three or four matches, uh, especially with the, uh, the bloated roster they have right now. Um, I definitely think a two hour show is, is more suitable. Um, I don't Maybe. think Friday is is the right spot for that, or at least the time slot on Friday. Um, maybe even a sort of a brand split. Yeah, maybe even that too. Um, just to just to give more people time on TV, because you know we see Mox on there all the time. Well, I wouldn't say Mox in particular. I'm just saying like the main guys we always see on there. They're not really pushing many of the younger stars on there like they started off to do. Um, you know, we don't see the TNT title on there right now. Um, I guess, as I'm saying that, Jay, uh, Jade Cargill just came out with the TBS belt, but we don't see those belts really being defended on there right now like they said they would. Um, so, yeah, there's there's a lot they could do. I, I don't think it's one thing that's really going to fix that product. I think there's multiple changes that are going to be needed for that to really be a beneficial sub-show to Dynamite. Rich? Yeah, I, I mean, I honestly feel like it's AEW Dark Elevation, AEW Dark. Like, this can be put on YouTube, uh, which is unfortunate because it is. And this this issue is, this was a live a live um, rampage. Usually they, they pre, pre-shoot it with Dynamite. And I don't know what the ratings were for this show, but that 9 o'clock slot is not a good slot. Uh, it's... It's it's bland. I mean, if you're going to do something with that show, and I know we've talked about it previously on the spot, Jazz, like, are you just going to, like, amplify angles, or are you going to give talent a chance? I don't know. It was just bland to me. 
the last thing I'll say before Battle of the Belts is the July 29th, so not this most recent one, but the one that wasn't that 9 o'clock slot that Rich mentioned had the lowest rating of Rampage ever. I want to say the one with Punk had well over a million, and this one I want to say had in the 300,000s range. So that's a two-thirds or more drop-off, like an over 66% drop-off in less than a year, 11 months. So to me, that's a sign that either move the time or just ax the show if you don't want to give it an extra hour. Because again, I don't know what good it's doing at this point. Battle of the Belts, Chad, let's get it. Yep. So uh, Battle of the Belts, uh, pretty solid show from what I saw. I did get a chance to watch that live. So that was pretty cool. Um, First match we had on there was Wardlow, the TNT champ versus Jay Lethal. So we got to see Jay Lethal in two matches this week. Um, Jay kind of gave Wardlow a a little bit of a fight this week. Um, It wasn't your standard Wardlow squash type of match, which I guess his last few have have kind of been like that. I know. I know, Rich. Give me a thumbs down. I get it. Um, uh, Trying to think what I wanted to say. Um, It it was a decent match. You know, it was, uh, I guess, kind of what you would expect out of that. And then uh, there was some post-match altercations as well. Uh, George, you want to get into that? Um, Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, overall, Battle of the Belts felt like a real snoozer to me. Um, But, you know, as far as like the Wardlow match goes, yeah, it was cool to see him against Jay Lethal and actually have a bit of competition. Um, but it seemed more like they're just setting stuff up for him for the future, possibly against Satnam Singh. Um, just because I, the, the only the issue I'm seeing with Wardlow is there's nobody legitimate to take that title off of him outside of like Miro. Um, you know, so, you know, unless, you know, you get somebody stepping into that scene, you know, because you need like either a big bad guy to beat a big bad guy, or you need the sneakiest of sneaky heels to do something or just, you know, somebody who can be an absolute creep about it and do it. Um, and AEW does have people on that roster that could do it, um, you know, depending on how you, on how you build them. Uh you know, somebody, somebody like Sean Spears has the potential to be an absolutely dickish heel and, you know, really find a way to, you know, take Wardlow out with sneaky tactics. Um, I don't think MJF would be the right guy to do it, even though there is a built-in feud there. I don't think it should happen. I think MJF needs to be in the main event scene. That's just my opinion there. Um but yeah, I, unless you can get somebody who can get a sneaky win off of Wardlow or somebody who can absolutely beat him down, then I don't see him losing this title anytime soon. And it sort of creates a booking problem for AEW. Um, but beyond that, again, like I said, this whole event just seemed like kind of a waste of time to me. Um, with the exception of seeing Jamie Hader, I'll always be about Jamie Hader. And I am definitely drinking the Hader 8. <laughs> I would say I was going to add uh, to what you're saying who could legitimately beat um, Wardlow. I obviously we were talking about Hobbs in chat. Um, Brian Cage, what are they doing with him? You know, he's bitching about not getting an opportunity. He is a giant dude and he's very athletic. Uh, speaking might not be there, but I mean, he's a big guy that could legitimately beat him. Um, whether we want, guy, whether we want to believe it or guy. not, uh, he's I'm not the guy. Okay, well, you're taller than me too, but 
Um, I feel like WWE <laughs> will do him justice if yeah. he was going there. Honestly. You're probably you're probably right. They, I don't they know if he'll pass the piss test on the way in though, John. <laughs> allegedly, for Rich's sake, allegedly, allegedly, yeah. allegedly, yeah, because we never know. You know, it's all allegedly. Uh, next match: uh, Thunder Rosa versus Jamie Hader. Um, decent match. Again, uh, I'm still dying to see Jamie Hader win a belt, uh, whether it's this belt or the TBS championship. Um, George, why don't you go ahead? Yeah, this uh, this match was you know pretty good. It's if it didn't feel so much like a coming out party for Jamie Hader, but more of a hey, let's see what she's capable of kind of thing for Jamie Hader. Um, I think she has the potential to st- you know to stand with top talent, and hopefully she gets her time to shine. Um, my only issue with this match right now is something that didn't come to light until after the fact. Uh, Sean Ross Sapp uh, reporting this morning that Jamie Hader may have broken her nose during this match um but did finish the match so it's a a little unclear as to when it happened um personally i think it might have actually happened at the finish but when uh, rosa sat on her face but i think if if it did happen earlier and she did gut it out through that's not a bonk that was legitimately what happened if nick riccardi (laughs) said it it would be a bonk it would be a bonk I'm just point, I'm just pointing out the match flow here, not making a not making a uh, bad joke there, but no, because uh, that the roll up at the end was a little was a little rough, but um, yeah, if it did happen early in the match, you know, props to Tater for gutting it out, um, and you know, hopefully now she, you know, if it did happen, let her just kind of hide behind Britt for a little bit and get you know get recovered. Um, and then move on to doing whatever you know needs to happen. I think she eventually she will get away from Brit, um, and I think we might end up seeing a title feud between the two of them, between Brit and Hater. Rich, why don't you go next, please? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess this was the somewhat coming out party for for Jamie Hater. Um, she's a phenomenal athlete, um, and. I, I do want to see that dissension between her and Britt Baker because it's been way too long and I feel like she can get over on her own. Um, she definitely has the talent. I would love for her to win at one of the belts, whether it be TBS or the, or the Women's Championship. I mean, probably next year. Let's see how this works throughout. But I'm, I'm excited for her. Definitely a project within the women's division. And it was a solid match. Again, I don't feel like Thunder Rose's reign. It's it's getting the Hangman Adam Page treatment, Bill, and yeah, get the belt on. Oh, give it up, give it to Jade. Give give her a two belt, Jade. I don't know something. That's 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 my thought. Very very stale run so far. You're very right, uh, Sean. Go ahead. I did not watch or did not get around to battle the belts yet, but I like. Just wanted to say Jamie Hader is she she really uh impressed me this week, at least uh on Dynamite. Just the way she moves in the ring, her uh the way she sells, the way she executes, everything's like very professional and spot on and smooth. And um it's unfortunate that this injury potentially happened to follow up on what George was saying. Um I believe it was the uh, brain buster spot um, that she delivered on Thunder Rosa as Thunder came down, her leg landed on Hater's face. But um, 
I hope she recovers quickly and they uh, begin to put one more woman into the main event scene for the title because they desperately need more uh, contenders. Drink the haterade, Sean. Drink the haterade. I'm drinking it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then our. Uh... Rich, you want to say our final our match? Our last button? match. I got it. It's Claudio and Takeshita. I, yeah, I said it right, right? Yeah. I, yes. I always feel like I'm going to say it wrong because it, it, it looks one way, but phonetically, you don't see it the way it's, it's, it looks. So it, is if you're, it, look, it looks right if you're a weeb. <laughs> I, which I'm not. So that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> exactly. exactly. So um, this is actually a really good match. And they had Regal on commentary as always for the VCC matches. And he was talking him up. Um, I want to see him win a title match so bad, or just get like one big win in here before he goes back to Japan. Um, it, it was a great match. That's, that's all I can really say about it. Uh, George, why don't you go ahead? Yeah, I mean, Takeshita is a phenomenon. Um, he's definitely connected with the fans, uh, both in the ring and outside of the ring, um, which, you know, it's something I was actually introduced to Takeshita through, an, through kind of an odd means. Um, I actually saw him do a video with a YouTuber that I'm very familiar with um, and who, who showed him the ropes and uh, chopped him up real good. <laughs> um, but, you know, Takeshita is a guy that is, he's, you know, most people don't realize that he's one of the top guys in DDT Pro. Um, not, not just a main event guy, but literally a former champion in DDT. He's the guy, so he's definitely got the credentials. Um, as far as this match is concerned, I was a little, I mean, there was no chance Claudio was losing this match, although God, I wish it happened because it would have been a very intriguing thing to happen. Um, cause if, you know, Takeshi holds onto that belt and takes it back to, you know, DDT, um, you know, that's, that's something that, you know, interesting to happen. It would certainly create a lot of buzz. Um, but I think the fact that, you know, he announced that, yeah, he's leaving on, on August 20th to go back to Japan. Um, you know, there was no chance that he was winning this match, and especially because it's so early in Claudio's run, it would just do him a disservice uh, to lose the belt now. So, but hopefully we get Takeshita back uh, sooner than later. Um, I hope that there that we can see him do something, maybe at a Forbidden Door match. Um, that would be an insane thing to happen, uh, especially somebody uh, Joey writing in chat, Okada Takeshita. Yes, shut up, take my money. I want that match. Um, but yes, uh, you, you know, all the props to Takeshita. I want more. Give me more. Thank you so far for what you've given us. Right on, uh, Rich. Yeah, phenomenal match. Uh, Claudio Takeshita, so great. Uh, it just, it is a shame that one, he's going back to Japan, two, he constantly loses to the, the stars of AEW. Which I, which Chad, I wish we could get that one, that one win, that one win. But all in all, phenomenal match. I wish Claudio would have dropped it to Takeshita, but hey, uh, hopefully there's a, you know, partnership with DDT and AEW in the future. Um, it looks good in the future, but phenomenal match. But it was a very mid uh, battle of the belts, as far as it just felt felt rushed. Rushed and almost, uh, rushed and almost unnecessary. It's just kind of the thing, you know, they just, 
instead of doing like a full-fledged pay-per-view they throw in the mini shows here and there uh kind of like how they brand like dynamites every other week like we were mentioning earlier so um still cool we got to see some more action you know on a saturday so um but three matches not uh not a whole lot so uh we'll move on to smackdown uh, review here real quick um i did not get to watch all of smackdown uh i did get to see some highlights uh we had a surprise return uh joey why don't you kick it off do you want me to cover the surprise return or what i was going to mention first well why don't you bring up what you're going to mention first and then we'll uh see how it plays you out. got it so i I know Brian has to work tonight, but I was really hoping to get his opinion on this because Brian is probably amongst the group. I'd say the biggest Liv Morgan fan of us all. I don't know if anyone else here is a fan of hers. I'm, I'm so, so on her, but uh, as Daniel Bryan, now Brian Danielson would say the fans proved to be fickle as always because she was booed very audibly and loudly on SmackDown, which is in South Carolina, by the way, it's not like it's a Philadelphia, Chicago, a MSG. It was a smaller market and they were booing her during her promo about how she won the match and is ready for her next job as the babyface champion. She even had to address the fans saying that you tapped out as she was talking about her win. So to me, hopefully with Triple H in charge, this signals either a huge character change or at least her not having to win matches that way to keep both people supposedly strong. Sean, do you have any comments on that, or do you want to pivot to a different SmackDown topic? Well, different uh, SmackDown topic, but honestly, Liv lives. I, I don't know if that finish at SummerSlam really helped her all that much, considering she was already kind of like on the fence, probably with the fans and with the the brass as uh, champion material at the moment. Um, uh, honestly, in my opinion, I'd probably have. Uh, have a, the belt go on to Baszler and have her take on Rousey at a later um, pay-per-view date. But um, I think my second favorite part of SmackDown last night uh, started the show off, and that was uh, um, Pat McAfee's little uh, John Madden moment where he's basically covering every play that went down at SummerSlam that led up to him kicking uh, Happy Corbin in the nuts and his little parading around about it throughout the entire Happy Corbin-Ricochet match. They even had a yellow uh, marker very much like, again, John Madden. That was a great comparison I, I, I didn't think of, Sean. So I thought shout it out was to you. absolutely hilarious. John, you want to go ahead? Yeah. Um, so just going back to the Liv Morgan uh, promo from Friday, um, obviously you can tell the fans are booing her and stuff like that, but there's also something that happened during her promo. Uh, she swore and, you know, she's supposed to be a baby face and baby faces don't swear. What did she say for those of us that haven't seen? I actually, I, I actually didn't catch it. They bleeped it out. So I don't know what they, what she said. She basically said that I, uh, I, uh, I appreciate y'all for calling me out on my shit. Okay. Well, I think that's a big no-no, and maybe that's also a sign that she could be possibly turning real soon. But we'll see where that goes. She had like a little, uh, damn it, stupid microphone. She had like a little, uh, like smirk 
or like kind of like a, a chuckle almost uh away from the the mic from what i could see i did see something about that on twitter everyone's like "Ooh, is she turning i um, think something else interesting. i think something else with, with this too to keep in mind that is a good point john is the fact that some little um conversation points or talking points are changing now with hunter in charge for instance rowan dropped uh the hospital word tonight and that local medical facility so I'd like to think that maybe Towns getting a little more leeway with their promos, but yes, you are right. Uh, Liv saying a no-no word on TV is definitely not necessarily the same as hospital, but maybe they're getting a little more leeway. Chad, go mm-hmm. ahead, buddy. And on top of that, she's like talking to the audience. She's not talking to someone. Just want to add that. Yeah. Um, like you had mentioned, they're uh, backtracking a lot of Vince's uh, rules and shit um like they can say wrestler and stuff like that now like i I, there's a whole article i didn't read the whole thing but just like little things like that um that they are changing so we'll see um you know it's gonna take some time to really figure everything out but um trying to just see what else anybody else had anything important they wanted to bring up about uh smackdown other than uh that Go Triple H. All right. We'll take it. All in pray. <laughs> yes. So All we had, in uh, pray. had the return of Mr. Cross himself uh, with his wife, Scarlett, uh, basically indicating that he's going to be challenging Roman Reigns for one of his titles here in the near future. TikTok. Uh, pretty unexpected. His uh, Cross was working for. Uh, control your narrative right he, he was doing everything at new japan i want to say he's still with mlw he just beat uh davy boy smith jr at the flair show so he was quite busy and he actually had to cancel i believe his upcoming shows because he signed so yeah he was a busy boy yeah so that was uh it's pretty interesting i guess we'll see uh where he fits into the fold now um you know and see who else they bring back i guess at this point and there's the memes of uh triple h with the infinity gauntlet with all the people who've come back and he was on it so uh he's got room for one or two more probably uh here in the near future uh joey go ahead one thing i'm curious to gauge the group's interest about with cross given that he is minus his uh his hair growth very similar to the character we saw in nxt compared to the gladiator weird leather man that we saw during his raw debacle. Um, and so I'm curious because in NXT w- within basically three months, for those of you that didn't watch it, he was the NXT champion. And so to me, I'm, I don't want the same thing to happen with him on the main roster. No offense. He should not be pinning Roman. And in my opinion, I just don't know what their end goal is here with him going after Roman. It made a statement. But I don't know really what you do with him then if you're not going to have him win the title, which I don't want to do. So I'm curious if anyone has thoughts on what they do with Cross. George, go ahead. Sorry, hold on a sec. Um, So I think what they're planning to do with Cross is they're going to have a triple threat with him, Drew McIntyre, and Roman Reigns for one of the titles. And Cross will pin McIntyre to get that title out or vice versa or McIntyre will pin him. 
Um, basically, they need to get the title off of Roman, uh, not because of storyline reasons or merch reasons, but because the net the network wants it. Um, the network's a little unhappy right now with WWE uh, USA Network um, because they want the title featured more on their on Raw, and I think that you know doing this would be the you know the way to get it off of Roman without Roman necessarily being involved. Very nice. All right, uh, Chad, do you have anything else about SmackDown you'd want to mention before we transition to Bobby? Uh, no, I think that was it. Um, nothing else on my end. Uh, yeah, we're going to have uh, Bobby talk about impact here. We got a couple shows we're going to be going to this weekend. Uh, emergence, I believe. So Bobby, why don't you take it away, buddy? Um, yeah, sure. Uh, let me just run down the card for next week, guys. Um, let me start from the bottom here. Um, just, uh, I did not see this, but this is uh, news to me, but Rocky Romero will take on, oh wait, my bad, either Rocky Romero or Mike Bailey will take on Jack Evans for the X Division Championship. So I'm assuming Rocky Romero and Mike Bailey, because Mike Bailey is the current champion, I'm assuming they're having a match at the, this coming impact. We also got Chris Haven and Kushida taking on Violent by Design, uh, Joe Doring and Diener. We got Sammy Callahan versus Steve Macklin. This should actually be a fun match. Um, Steve Macklin, I feel like Impact has been doing a very good job on building this guy. Um, if you guys don't know who Steve Macklin, I believe he was one of the Forgotten Sons over in NXT. Um, Steve, Joey, Steve Cutler was his name, yes. And he's, thank you, Joey. Yep. Steve Cutler. And, dude, like over in NXT, he was a jabroni. I didn't, I didn't even know who he was. But once he got to Impact, man, they've been doing a really good job on building this guy. And if anything, this might be a showcase match with him and Sammy Callahan. I'm, I'm, I think Sammy, or I think Steve is going to take the win on that one. Uh, moving on with the card, we got the Bullet Club. Um, all five guys, Ace Austin, Chris Bay, Doc Gallows, Carl Anderson, and uh, Helikilo taking on Honor No More, Eddie Edwards, Matt Taven, uh, Mike Bennett, PCO, and Vincent. Um, guys, for, for a good month now, these guys have been going at it. Uh, I hope the feud is over with, and I hope the Bullet Club takes the victory on that one. Um, they added Bandito versus Ray Horace. I believe this is a triple A um, advertised matchup, so something a little bit different. This should be a fun match also. Uh, can't go wrong with Lucha Libre style. We got the women's knockout. Oh, my bad. The knockouts tag team champion, Rosemary and Tyler Valkyrie taking on Chelsea Green and Diana Perrazzo. This should be another fun women's match, guys. Um, Chelsea Green and Diana, they have a great chemistry on TV. Um, I, I, you know, I'm kind of pulling for them to win this match, uh, but we'll see what goes on with that. And then we got Jordan Grace, Internet's favorite um, social media person, taking on Mia Yim for the uh, uh, Impact uh, Knockouts tie, uh, women's title. Um, should be a decent match. I feel like Impact is still pushing Jordan Grace. So I feel like Jordan is going to take the W with that. And then in the main event, we got Josh um, Alexander defending the Impact World title against Alex Shelley. This is Alex Shelley's first um, world title shot in, in, in Impact history. He's never gotten a shot when he was there, part of TNA. Um, always doing tag team with Chris Saban, part of the Motor City Machine Gun. So this is his, um, his opportunity, guys. So hopefully this is going to be a killer match. But unfortunately, I feel like Josh is going to carry the belt for their big show in October, Bound for Glory. That's just my, my thoughts. I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on the show itself or what I just said here. 
Go ahead, Joey. Yeah, I think the person I'm most looking forward to seeing in person for the first time, this is what this is my first Impact show as well. I've been a huge Taya Valkyrie fan ever since Lucha Underground. And she's been really busy between NWA, I want to say MLW, she has a belt as well. Correct. And now with Impact. So she's somebody that I think didn't get a fair shake in NXT as Frankie Monet. She was just there for literally seemingly a cup of coffee. Yep. And so to see her and support her live and in person, somebody that I think really cares and gets it when it comes to wrestling, she's someone that I'm excited to see. Cool. George, who are you most excited to see? Oh, sorry. I am uh, not attending the event. So. Okay. Sorry. I just saw your hands. That's why. Rich, oh, I, I, away, left mine. I left it up my bed. <laughs> You're good. Rich, go ahead, bud. Yeah, so I'm excited to see uh, Sammy Callahan in, in the flesh see really how crazy this dude is uh but i'm excited to see um him live in person i'm going Chad? to uh i'm going to sub in for brian here and uh <laughs> just be overall excited about uh, going to an impact show it's the first one for me so um kind of going in blind because i don't watch the regular programming either so it should be really cool um, I'm hoping we get to see Mike Bailey there because we saw him at a GCW show and he was fucking insane. He was really awesome to watch. So uh, pulling for speedball. Hopefully he's on the show. Yeah, uh, I feel like I feel like well, there's there's a high chance we'll get him. But it yeah. should be a fun match between him and uh, Rocky Romero. I'm assuming for this coming Impact this week. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. Uh, and then the the Knockouts Tag Team Championship, uh, Deanna and Chelsea pulling for them. So. Should be a should be a fun show. I'm excited to to finally get to see one. So cool, awesome, yeah. And again, it's my first show too. So um, everybody, let's be pumped for Impact Emergence on um, Friday, August 12th. We'll be there. We'll we'll be doing the move. So let's uh let's move on. Let's go ahead and let's talk about a little bit of a shift kiss, right, everybody? Shift kiss. Mwah. So let's talk about Chef Kiss here. And uh, Joey, let's start off with you. What you got this week, buddy? So not, not to bring Bone to pick into this, but uh -uh. Bob can vouch for me on this. I was going to shock the world and pick the OC opening match as my Chef's Kiss. That's very wow. nice. And what does yeah. Chad Micus do? Chad First Wayne thing on the did. show, he just calls on me to give my thoughts on the OC match. So that was <laughs> going to be my chef's kiss. Bob, can you please vouch for this? That was going to be chef's Chad, kiss. Chad, this is very true. But Joey, I will give Chad this. He really wanted to know your opinion. Like, right, like he, he, he called you out right off the bat. So I, and that's, and that's <laughs> I fine. And I gave my opinion. But my pivoted chef's kiss. He did I'm going here. back to Old Faithful NXT. Of course. So, for those of you um, that don't watch, there is a character that, that's been repackaged called Giovanni Vinci. He used to be with Imperium. He was the one that was not called up as Fabian Eichner. His new character um, is essentially a classic, arrogant, pretty boy heel that he's like the finest guy in the world. Uh, Vinny Vinci, very Italian of him. And so in his entrance, he is a mixture of like a John Morrison style entrance with the slow motion, but instead it's like camera pictures being taken. So it like freezes on him for like three seconds, like a photo was just taken. This played into the show because Carmelo Hayes, the NXT North American champion, their mid-card belt, had an open challenge. A bit, very weird of a heel to do that, but he said the next person in this ring with the ref is going to get a match with me. 
So Vinci comes out and starts to do his whole entrance. When the first or second picture is taken, in the corner of your eye, you see Nathan Frazier, a very young upstart babyface, sprinting behind him as he's posing to get to the ring first and officially get the match. So very silly, funny moment. And of course, Vinci is pissed and goes on commentary to uh, sulk with Wade Baird, who of course takes his European heel brother inside. Very funny. I thought it was just a good way to get as many guys involved as you could for a singles match to both of their characters in a later feud between Vinci and Fraser. Bob, what is your chef's kiss related to Impact? Um, yeah, correct. Uh, I'll keep it with the Impact vibe or the Impact theme here, guys. Um, on this week's Impact, we got to see PCO taking on Don Gallows in the main event. They fought in a Durban City street fight. So a bunch of another uh, weapon match that I enjoyed this week. Um, uh, it was a fun match, guys. Um, I'll try to do my best to um, depict the match. Um, there was a scene in the match where, um, what was it? Uh, it was PCO. He set up a couple chairs standing up. Um, and then he put Doc Gallows on top. He laid him on front on top of the chairs. He went on top, and Doc Gallows was able to throw him off on, t- on top of the chairs, similar to how um, Alistair Black and Adam Cole from that one takeover, where Adam Cole went back first on the chair standing up. Oh, brutal spot! But again, same- Philadelphia, Bob, is what you're referring to. Thank you. Yeah, similar spot, but again, there were five chairs in the ring. I think Cole only took it with one chair. So PCO went on top of the chairs. Nancy spot. Um, the finish of the match saw PCO destroying the canvas of the ring. He exposed the wooden uh, planks of the ring. And he, I believe, what did he do? I believe it was a choke slam from the top rope. He gave yep. Doc Gallows, and he broke the ring that way. And he got uh, back up. <laughs> I just, he I just got watched back it. Up. Yeah, all right. Yeah, thank you, Chad. <laughs> he got back up, and I believe the, the actual finish was like a loaded glove with thumbtacks, and PCO did like a fist drop from the top. It looked shitty. I'll say that. The finish was shitty, but everything else in between was fun. It was a fun Derby City street fight. Um, that was my chef kiss, but Joey, we did have a combo for this week. So let's go back to AEW, and it's um, Eddie Edwards, correct? Eddie Edwards Eddie. is an impact, but Eddie Kingston is what we're talking Eddie about now. Last week, he's zone. talking about French kissing guys. This week, he's he's changing companies. Bob, you're, <laughs> I don't know what, what you're putting in the pot this week, Bob, or the chili, but change it up for next week's chef's kiss. Uh, so Eddie Kingston is somebody, really before the show even started, that, that could have been a very frequent member of chef's kiss, especially during his feud with CM Punk with the promos they had. Something, and it was addressed briefly by Chad, but a little 90-second uh, video into promo with, again, winks and nods to the audience that we all love was the fact that Sammy Guevara and Tay, by the way, less than a year after he proposed to his other girlfriend, but I won't spend too much time on that. Uh, Such a heel. Got, got, got married, I believe, in Europe. And so there was a video saying, guess what, folks? Your favorite couple is not here this week because they're off getting married. And at first, when I heard the voice, Bob, I don't know if I was crazy. I almost thought for a second, is that William Regal doing commentary, which would make zero sense. But, Bob, did you recognize the voice of this, I think, British guy doing the narration? No, unfortunately, I did not catch that, Joey. No, fellas, did you guys catch that? Anybody here? I did listen to it, and I will say Joey is kind of correct. I thought it was Regal at first, but I have no it's some Brit. I, I thought it was a great job, though, to really build up that we hate you heel vibe for Sammy and Tay. And then all of a sudden we hear Eddie's voice and he's even holding a mic in his ear to say, 
boys in the back, can we cut this? My gosh, this is a wrestling show. Why are we seeing this? Mm -hmm. And then he goes, congratulations, you're getting married. Newsflash, nobody cares. And then he goes on to his own stuff. Yeah, literally just (laughs) 90 seconds again to build up the match for the pay-per-view. The contract's in the mail. Sign up, buddy. Don't be a coward. Oh, by the way, here's why we should hate you because you're not coming to work because you're marrying this really hot girl that half the crowd and John Thompson in our uh, group want to be with instead of you. So you got a 90 seconds coming. and so much is accomplished in that 90 seconds. And it's a segment, not a match, which is the epitome of chef's kiss. Bob, anything to add about that Eddie Kingston, not Edwards promo? Uh, yeah, Eddie uh, Kingston here. Um, I will say this. I don't know if I'm really in- interested in seeing Eddie Kingston and um, Sammy at the next paper, guys. I don't know. Uh, is it just me? What do you guys think? What would no. you recommend Eddie do instead, Bob? Oh, okay. So he's on the card. Um, man, I understand they had to pivot with Chris Jericho because I, I don't think we're going to get CM Punk. Um, damn, Joey. Let me get back to you on that one. Again, I would say Chris. But again, I feel like they're they're gonna use Chris and um, Moxley for the pay per view. I feel like they're gonna do some type of bullshit um, this coming week. Um, yeah, let me get back to you on that one, Joey. That sure. Was- Anyone else have comments for our chef's kiss or to add their own before we go to Bone to pick? Georgia, see your hand. Go ahead, sir. Uh, I just want to uh, add on to the uh, whole Eddie Kingston situation. And I want to bring it back to something I said earlier because originally I had said I didn't want to see Chris Jericho versus Moxley. I will accept Chris Jericho versus Moxley on this condition that Chris Jericho wins and then drops the title to Eddie Kingston at all out. Hmm. That's uh, that's interesting. That's a, that's an interesting thought there, George. Huh? Good hot take. Good hot take. Uh, yeah. You know what? I'm going to have to sit on that. You know, uh, yeah. Maybe. Huh. Eddie could definitely be, I think, like a mankind foley, hold it for a month. And yeah, transitional it. champion. Sean, do you have any other comments on Chef's Kiss? Just one Chef's Kiss. Uh, um, Triple H. I know I, I haven't been on for the past couple of weeks, so and there's been a couple of weeks worth of WWE um, under his command, but damn, he's off to a strong start. Very nice. Who's got some bones to pick? Rich, I know you do, bud. <laughs> well, a recurring one, we already know that, you know, Mr. Juliet's never going to, you know, come and face this brother right here because you know who I am? I'm rich like the money. So you already know. You still owe my boy John an apology. You owe me an apology. That's going to be my recurring bone to pick until you respond to us. And it's probably not going to be until like 200 episodes when we're doing this, but that's okay. I'm patient. I can wait. But we you got know, something coming for you. To, to get his attention, we might have to actually tag him in, in the podcast. We, we should also say who have... Mr. Joliet is for the group. <laughs> Who's Mr. Joliet, Rich? Um, someone that calls himself a, a, a drink. Drink yes. Robinson. Not... Not Orange Cassidy, but the last part of uh, OJ is what I'll say. Yes, John? yes. Juice, Juice Robinson. No, I'm not done. Okay, go ahead. My bad, sorry. I'm not done. My other bone to pick is with you, AEW, All Elite Wrestling, with your damn gimmick matches. I am tired of your damn 
gimmick matches. I'm sick and tired. Why do we need a dumpster match? Why do we need a barbed wire match? Why do we have another coffin match? I'm sick and tired of your gimmick. PK, I love you. But bro, cut shit, as Jade says. I'm done. Oh, I was going to say that actually, Rich. Uh, I totally agree with you. There is too many gimmick matches. Maybe that's why I've been kind of hovering over back to WWE. So I, I got to say it. So far for the past couple weeks, two weeks now, uh, Triple H has been making Raw so palatable. Each hour felt, it doesn't feel like it's a long show. Um, I mean, you guys already talked about, you know, the uh, triple threats that they had, two of them, and then came down to um, Ciampa winning at the end. And now it's setting up for this Monday for Bobby Lashley versus Ciampa. But not only that, on SmackDown, uh, I guess there's going to be a women's tag team championship match as well for this Monday. So I wonder if we have uh, some comebacks in that match, huh? Yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah. But anyways, my second bone to pick is Rich, like the money. He kicked me off of the Zoom meeting. <laughs> what, did That's he really? It. Yes, did he, he really? Did. No, he, did. he sure did. 100%. How the hell did you do that? Oh, my God. <laughs> you want to go? Want to go, John? I guess I guess uh, we're booking it next week. Promo battle. These two fucks. He wants a taste. You want a taste, the rich. You want a taste. You want a taste. Fuck yeah, Sean. What uh, what do you got, buddy? Oof. I've got several, so I'm gonna try and go over them quickly. Um, AEW related for the most part. Actually, all AEW related. I. Uh, their lack of direction with storytelling and how everything just feels very short and abrupt. Like there's no, there's no more slow builds. Like I'm okay with like a quick feud built up like a couple weeks in advance, but there's nothing. Um, it, it feels like the build up to all out is becoming more and more abrupt um, because every week is like a special event on dynamite for some reason. Um, they're messy card building. I, I, I just don't understand that how they stack segments together and stuff like that. Um, I understand like they want fans to react at a strong start to the show, but it's like, they they oversaturate the beginning of the show with all the big moments and then end it off with with lows. Um, gimmick matches, please stop. Please stop. I'm burnt out. I I I don't I can't get through a single episode of Dynamite without someone trying to put someone through a table. Or just some special, like, over-the-top weird matches that no one's asking for. Uh, the AEW interim title altogether just feels like a placemat for Punk to, to return. There's no... I feel like during this time frame, they could have spent um, building up, like, potential contenders. But it just feels like they're throwing people at Moxley, just take them out and take them out and take them out until uh, you get punk. Undisputed Elite, they, I just feel like they've, they've ruined Adam Cole for me uh, for the most part. It just, it, 
I don't know. I, I, it's just a lot to He's do. He's eaten with. a lot of losses for sure. Yeah. Like He's very weak on starting with orange Cassidy, but it's continued since then. And then he's still trying to boast about being a top guy. It doesn't feel like you're the same guy that that debuted at All Out last year. Um, picture in picture, I I can't pay attention to it during picture in picture. Just give me a here's what you missed package um, after uh, after commercial break. My ADHD brain is just focused on the damn commercials. Um, and the final one, and I'm just going to make a quick graphic behind me. While you're doing that, it's funny you said the picture in picture thing. And I think we brought this up last week that they actually did that on raw last week. <laughs> Bring that man back. Yes. Bring him back. Bring him damn back. It. I miss him. I miss him. Pay him, pay him, pay him, pay him. That's all. Good stuff. I got a bone to pick with someone that's clicking the pen, whoever you are. Anyways. It's me. <laughs> George, go ahead, buddy. All right. I'll make this kind of short and sweet. I do have two bones to pick. Uh, one, Sean, kind of already uh, touched on here. Um, so my first uh, bone to pick is, you know, fuck, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> um Shit, now I forgot what I was going to say. I had it, and I lost it because Sean derailed me. Um, fuck. Yeah, that's that's what happens real easy. It's oh, my God. It's been, a long, it's been a long day, man. I'm fucking... Was it picture-in-picture? Picture? No, it wasn't the picture-in-picture. Card um, building, gimmick matches, interim title. The, the gimmick match thing. That was what was pissing me off. Yeah, I... It, it's well. It's not so much the gimmick match, but for more so the gimmick events. Yeah. Um. You know, this upcoming dynamite is Quake by the Lake. I think. Then we had previous to this, we had like Fighter Fest. Previous to that, it was fucking you know whatever the fuck it was. Fight dude. For the fallen. Yeah. It's like, dude, come. I get it, but you don't have as many pay per views. We don't need to make every dynamite a big deal like that. If you want to do a special event, great. Do a special event. Do it on a Saturday. It doesn't have to be a three, you know, four and a half hour pay-per-view, but a two-hour special I would be fine with. Make it matter. Or or if you're gonna do something like that, make rampage matter. You yeah. know, make a two-hour live rampage with things that matter. If that's the issue here, you know, where you need to make you have to put these things out and you have to have these special events, do it elsewhere. That's a, it's such a pain in the ass. You know, it's like you know, watching this and it's like, okay, you're trying to overhype this and you're overdoing the set pieces just because why, you know, and, you know, it's just annoying to me, like make, make dynamite relevant to itself at this point, because at this point, dynamite isn't even dynamite. It's whatever the heck they're doing every single week. And that's just kind of annoying. Um, I don't remember what the hell my other bone to pick was now because I can't remember because I'm because now I got fucking derailed. <laughs> Sean had a lot of them. I have, I honestly forgot mine too. Uh, I mean, you just you kind of nailed everything. You know, uh, I mentioned in the uh, uh, the group chat earlier today, WWE's in like this upward, you know, upward vibe, and you know, AEW's momentum is really not there right now. It's everything's been very lackluster out of them. Um, 
cards have been shit. Dynamite's been shit mostly. Rampage just doesn't fucking matter. Um, that's just an overall bone to pick for me. Um, like we were mentioning about Rampage, what they could do to fix that. At this point, just fucking cancel Rampage and put Ring of Honor on TV. And, you know, just give them that time slot. There's enough guys that deserve to be on TV or in matches for Ring of Honor too. Um, you know, I sh- I don't know. This it's uh it's interesting how one thing changing like Vince retiring has like offset so much shit. Like it's just a big deal right now where there's a lot of excitement for for WWE and you know, Tony hasn't really uh answered that uh that challenge right now with Triple H stepping up. So um I don't know. We need to see something big. You know, it's really concerning to me is we don't really have anything confirmed for all out right now, other than the trios championship that was announced two weeks ago, three weeks ago now, and Eddie Kingston and and Sammy Guevara. Those are the only two matches that we have any sort of clue on for all out right now. So, um, fucking do something with the storylines, man. There's what, three weeks, three weeks until all out, not even that two and a half, you know, um stop throwing random fucking guys into the title uh scene um we don't need to see mox killing one-offs every week um put mox in regular singles matches throughout the week doesn't have to be for the title just give him something to do i mean we don't need a title match every day um and that's my gripe with the women's stuff too we don't need to see tony storm pair with thunder rosa every every uh dynamite or rampage give her a fucking title or, that uh, was the fucking thing. Give give these give these champions singles matches. It doesn't have to be the longest match. Doesn't have to be a barn burner. I just don't want to see tag matches on every single match of a fucking card. I feel like that's all we get on on Dynamite now is just is is tag matches. Two two on two, three on three. Uh, the Jericho Appreciation Society against BCC or whoever the fuck. Um, yeah, it's just it's. It's aggravating because I, I had so much hope for this company and it's just, it's starting to dwindle. I'm not going to lie. Um, the momentum is not there for me right now. Chad, you just reminded me of the, the thing I was going to bitch about. <laughs> Go ahead. Bring, take it away. Uh, all right. So my last bone to pick and we'll get this done real quick. Cause I know our editor wants us to wrap here. Um, my bone to pick is that with those women's tag matches, you know, if if you unless you are put you know setting up for a potential either women's tag team title match uh, somewhere down the line, or if you're going to have another women's tag team tournament like you did before, um, th- don't do the, overdo this tag thing. You know that is it's just annoying. It doesn't help anything, um, and it's really devaluing you know our women's champion. So that was just all I wanted to get out of the way really quick. All right couple of quick hits though um before we wrap up here so we did mention this before um some promotions within aew i just want to touch on those really quick uh sanjay dutt was promoted uh he is now vice president of production and creative uh, coordination um he'll basically be working on aew storylines um is in all the workflow related to that as all as well as mentoring new producers QT Marshall was promoted to vice president of show and creative coordination. Um, He'll be doing a lot of storyline stuff, character development, and uh, event logistics, which I know we've been bitching about all all podcast here. Um, 
Pat Buck was promoted to vice president of talent development. Uh, so he'll be a liaison between talent and production and oversee AEW's coaches um, and putting input, input on matches and promos. So that's a big thing that they AEW needed to address. Uh, Tony Schiavone was promoted to senior producer and special advisor to talent. Um, he'll be with the talent relations team, which I know has been a big sore spot with AEW recently um so he's got and of course he brings tons of experience to that so god bless him uh lastly was the signing of madison rain she joins AEW as head coach of the women's division um and obviously her credentials speak to themselves multiple time women's world champion uh over 15 years of experience in professional wrestling. Uh, the only other thing of note is Christopher Daniels uh, is going to continue to serve as manager of talent relations. Um, so he'll be in contact with AEW legal and talent resources. Uh, the other quick hit we have is a uh, positive one, thankfully, for once. Uh, Sean Spears, who I mentioned earlier, um, he announced uh, via his Twitter, and I believe it was on either his or his wife's Instagram, uh, they are expecting a child. Uh, so congratulations to them. Um, we wish you know all, all for a happy, healthy pregnancy and that the baby arrives safely. Um, so other than that, I think we are going to go ahead and wrap up. I'll, if, I'll take it home if you guys don't mind. Go ahead. How are you? Uh, all right. So for everybody who is watching us here on Twitch, thank you for get, for coming by. Uh, drop a follow. You know, it does help the channel. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you hit subscribe, slam that like button, and, you know, make sure you hit the bell notification so you get notified when we hit, uh, drop a new episode or new content. We do have other things coming, shorts, projects, wonderful fun things so keep an eye on that um we will also drop links to the socials in the uh video description on youtube make sure to check us out on twitter at do the move podcast uh our instagram um you know every we got instagram we got facebook uh apparently we have a snapchat i'm not aware of um yeah hit us up we'll and uh you know we'll go from there uh but other than that on behalf of everyone here at do the move podcast i invite you to go ahead and do the move and enjoy have a nice night. Thanks, everybody. Do the move. 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 <laughs> Love y'all. Catch y'all next week. Appreciate it.